High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Can we just give a big praise to God for all the men and women who have given their life, who've sacrificed themselves for our nation and for the freedom that we have? Amen. I'd like for also all of our military men and women, would you please stand up if you're in the military or you're a veteran or uh, you're, you're active duty or however you might be serving. Can we give all of our military men and women a big praise God? Thank you for giving of yourselves. Thank you for being willing. Amen. Praise God. How many of you are thankful for this great nation that we live in? Aren't you, aren't you thankful for the United States of America? We are blessed people, are we not? Look at somebody and say, we are so blessed. And, uh, you know, there's so many of the freedoms and the liberties and the rights that we have as United States citizens that many times we take for granted. But I will tell you, it's because men and women have been willing to lay down their lives that we have the privileges and that we have the freedoms that we all experience today. And we need to thank God every day for those who are willing to give their lives. And also just for this nation that we now are afforded the opportunity to live in. Listen, uh, I've been to the Caribbean. I like going to the Caribbean. It's beautiful, you know, and it's really nice there. But you know what? And I've ministered there on so many times. But I tell you what? There's nothing like the United States of America. Thank God for this great nation. Can everybody give the Lord a big thank you for this wonderful nation that we live in? Amen. And uh, so, and thank you to all of you who serve our nation uh, in our military. We th- we appreciate your service. Praise God. You know, uh, it's it's not often that Memorial Day weekend and also Pentecost Sunday they fall on. You know, it's kind of the same weekend. But uh, today is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, Pentecost Sunday marks several different things. One is the, literally the birthing of the church. It is the day that. Most all theologians will account as the day that the church was birthed. It was a day of empowerment, but it was also a day of outpouring, praise God. How many of you are thankful for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we uh, can partake of? And I believe it is being poured out today. If you'll turn in your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 1. Uh, I want to minister some things just on outpouring because I do believe that we are living in a season right now of outpouring. And by the way, just so you know, that outpouring started over 2,000 years ago. It's not something new. It's not something that, uh, you know, that's just now beginning. And it's something that has been ongoing. And the Holy Spirit desires to pour himself out in your life, in your family, on the job, in every arena of society, of culture, and every area of involvement. I don't care what you're doing. And and I'm going to share just a little bit about this. We see how the Holy Spirit desires to invade every area of culture every area of your family, every area of society. How many of you this morning are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to invade every area of your life? 
How many of you are willing for the Lord to pour out his spirit upon you in manners and ways that you've never experienced before? Listen, I really do believe that we can partake of an outpouring, but I do believe there's a, 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 what I would call levels of outpouring. In other words, whenever you receive an outpouring, God's not finished with that. There's another level he wants to take you to. There's a greater outpouring that he wants to do within your life. And I believe that God desires to do some great things, some mighty things within the church, but we have to position ourselves for that outpouring. You know, there's a lot of times that we've seen historically whenever God moved powerfully, whenever God moved mightily, but yet people were not positioned properly and there were some people that were positioned correctly and they received it and then there were others who were not positioned correctly and they ended up not receiving of the outpouring that was being brought forth in that moment in time. Let it not be said about us that the Holy Spirit was pouring out, but yet we had not positioned ourselves to receive of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna receive of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I wanna receive of everything that he has for us. I don't wanna receive just a little bit, just a little dab will do, you know. I wanna receive everything that God desires for us to receive in this time and this season that we are living in, amen? In Acts chapter one, verse four, it says, and being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. You might want to write that down. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, verse five, for John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Skip down to verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then go over to Acts chapter two. We'll start with verse one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, how many of you believe that the Holy Spirit is still being poured out and he still desires for us to be filled with his Spirit and the same things that they experienced on the day of Pentecost are available to each and every one of us today? As a matter of fact, hear this. If you came this morning and you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking in other tongues, I want you to know that that is available to you. Praise God. You know, we call ourselves Pentecostal. Pentecostal is not necessarily necessarily a style of worship. What Pentecost actually refers to or whenever we say that we are Pentecostal, it is referring to what happened on the day of Pentecost and that was there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can call yourself Pentecostal, but if you're not operating with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you're not really Pentecostal. Right? You know, if we're not really operating and functioning in the fullness of the Holy Ghost, my friend, we are missing the mark and we are living below the privilege that God has designed for us. Listen, I believe that God desires to pour out His Spirit wherever we go. You know, and I'm expecting in the season, the hour that we're living in, that wherever we go, whenever we go to Walmart, how many of you are expecting? A lot of times, you know, we just go places not expecting anything. What would happen if we, the church, just began to expect God to do things wherever we show up at. 
How many know he desires to do things wherever you are? You are his hands. You are his feet within the earth. And hear this. He wants to work through you. Did you hear the prophetic word this morning? How that signs and wonders the Lord was saying that he's going to work not only in you, but through you. Praise God. You know, the reality is there's a lot of people here in Callaway on the east side of Bay County that need Jesus. They need the power of the Holy Ghost actually active within their lives. Hear this. You are the key to seeing the power of God actually activated within their lives. How many of you believe that today? Do you believe it today? It's a little bit cold in here, by the way. And, and understand this, the day of Pentecost marks numerous things to us as believers. We know, number one, it's the birth of the church. And we know that it's a day that represents the empowerment of the Holy Spirit within the lives of believers. But more than anything, it marks a day of outpouring. Whenever Peter began to preach on the day of Pentecost, after they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, they came out of the upper room, it was noise to bring that there was something, there was a commotion that was going on and everybody gathered around and some of them began to accuse them and say, these guys are just drunk. And then Peter stands up and he says, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that. Everybody say, this is that. This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And what did prophet jo the prophet Joel prophesy? Joel chapter two. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon what? Everybody shout out all flesh. Look at somebody and say, Joel was talking about you. <laughs> you know, I, by the way, just so this is just for some of you, we have to understand that God is not waiting for you to be perfect and having fully arrived before he pours out his spirit. Notice he didn't say that he pour out his spirit upon all spirits. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You know why? Because your flesh needs the power of the Holy Ghost so that you can live a victorious life. And so he comes to pour out his spirit upon us. And that's what Joel prophesied. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So what Joel said, and again, Peter's referring to that. And he's saying, what you're seeing right now, this is that which was prophesied. This is that outpouring. You see, on Pentecost Sunday, what we celebrate and what we bring to our remembrance is the fact that there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that changed the church forever. Hallelujah. We celebrate the fact that the outpouring outpouring of the Holy Spirit is available to every believer. You know, one of the first things that happens on the day of Pentecost is it doesn't stay in four walls. It gets out into the streets. May we all pray, God, with the power of the Holy Ghost, let the power and the outpouring of the Spirit, let it get into the streets. Amen. Let it get into Walmart. Let it get into our malls. Let it get in Pier Park. Let it get in Target. They really need it, don't they? Let it get everywhere. Amen? You know, a lot of times what's happening is we are cursing the world whenever we need to be praying for an outpouring. Because at the root of the problem of everything that's going on in culture and society, it's the heart of man. And what the United States needs today, what the world needs today, what all the retailers need today, is they need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That will turn things right side up. Amen? And so whenever the Spirit of God is poured out, what happens? They stumble into the streets. It begins to actually be noised abroad. People begin to get saved, and Peter proclaims, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. He says, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And the next thing he said is this, your sons and daughters will prophesy. What does that mean? That means this, there's going to be family revival. 
Can I tell you, when outpouring happens, people get saved. Your family gets saved. People get their hearts turned right towards God. They begin to actually have a, a, a passion for serving the Lord. We, my friend, we need outpouring today. Can everybody say amen? And so Peter preaches all about that, and he says, this is that which was prophesied. But understand this, everything that took place and everything that happened on the day of Pentecost, this is where I'm going this morning, it is the result of people positioning themselves for that outpouring. It didn't happen just because God sovereignly wanted to do it. It required some people to prepare themselves. They had to position themselves. I believe that far too often God is pouring things out, but people are missing it because they have not positioned themselves correctly to be able to receive the fullness of what he desires to bring forth within their lives. I can't tell you how many times, you know, we've had people uh, sitting in the same service, hearing the same message, and to one person, it's the best thing that they ever heard. It set them free. It liberated them. It changed their life. It revolutionized their lives. And then to another person, sitting in the exact same service uh, waiting for another rabbit to be pulled out of the hat. Nothing makes them happy. They're sour on the world. Uh, they're sour on the church. Uh, they're sour on everybody. And because of the way their heart is positioned, they go away actually having received absolutely nothing. Can I tell you something? The scribes and the Pharisees heard the exact same messages that the disciples heard. Can I tell you that the scribes and Pharisees heard the same message that the woman with the issue of blood actually heard? Can I tell you that the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, that they heard the same messages that the lame man heard? Uh, can I tell you that the scribes and the Pharisees, they heard Jesus just like the people who received him? But understand this, the scribes and Pharisees did not position their hearts correctly. They were in a wrong position, and so they received absolutely nothing. But can I tell you that the woman with the issue issue of blood, she actually pressed through the crowd and she got her healing, praise God. Can I tell you, one person can leave the service and not receive anything and another can press through and say, you know what, I positioned myself to be able to receive from the Lord and they will press in and grab something that God has for them, amen? You see, you've got to position your heart correctly. And what we see on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 that had positioned themselves correctly. And the way that they did it is they followed the words of Jesus. So real quickly, what I want to do this morning is just illuminate some things that they did in order to position themselves to receive the outpouring. Because hear this, God can be pouring things out and we can miss it. But we have to position ourselves correctly to be able to receive it. Now, I know most of you here probably watch some football. How many of you men watch some football? You watch football a little bit? All right, a few of you do. I'm going to wake you up one way or another this morning. Praise God. Uh, how many of you watch a little? Is it still cold in here? Is it? Is it? it it's chilly to me. But anyway. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, so I'll, I'll get... We'll, We'll adjust it some way. One of the most difficult things is getting our air adjusted correctly in here. But anyway, so the, and what happens whenever people get cold, they shut you off. Praise the Lord. We're going to turn it up to 90 degrees in here, all right? But uh, anyway, so, you know, if you're watching football, and how many times have you ever seen a receiver actually run the wrong route? They begin to run a route, and they ran the wrong way. Quarterback was expecting him to go that way, and he ended up running that way, right? And so the quarterback, he's already released the ball. 
He's already released the ball before the receiver even makes the turn. However, when he makes the turn, he turns the wrong way. And as a result of it, somebody else, the defense, unfortunately, many times ends up catching the ball. They intercept the ball. And so I said all this to say this. Uh, if, if we do not run the right route, if we don't position ourselves correctly, we will end up forfeiting what God desires to do within our lives. We have to position ourselves rightly. So the first principle is this. That is the principle of obedience. Everybody say obedience. Acts 1-4 says that they did, uh, that Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. And so they obeyed the words of Jesus. Jesus told them to plant it. See, you've got to continue to do what is godly and what is right, regardless of what other people are doing all around you. The reality is we live in a messed up world. We live in a crazy culture. I don't have to tell you that, and I really don't like to talk about it a whole lot, but it's just the reality. But I will tell you this much. Our God is greater. The Holy Spirit is greater. And God wants to bring his glory in the midst of the craziness that's going on in our culture today. Because it's the only thing that is going to turn hearts around. And so what Jesus said, you stay right here. Don't depart from Jerusalem. You've got to stay right here. Get somewhere and plant it. Continue doing what is godly and right. And let me say it another way. You can't allow your conviction uh, to change just because the world is going another way. Amen? Because I'll tell you this much, the world always will be wrong, okay? The world will always be wrong. Why? Because most of them are controlled by the powers of darkness. They're controlled by the prince of the power of this air in this present age. That's what's giving them their marching orders. So we shouldn't be surprised whenever they come out with another squirrely thing. And by the way, another year from now, there'll be something else crazy to happen. And another year from now, there'll be something, how many know what I'm talking about? You know, I've lived long enough to it seem like every year or two, there's some other crazy, you know, lunatic thing that they come out with and the world begins to go in a specific direction. And, uh, but this is the reality. I do believe that the power of God is greater. I do believe that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is greater than any direction that the world, that the devil may be wanting to bring people. Hear this, my friend, you got to maintain your conviction Right? You gotta stay the course. Don't get moved from where you what you know to be true. Amen. How many know whenever God put Adam on the earth and he created woman, God settled the argument for marriage at that moment in time. Gavel down, case closed, no more arguing about it. Just read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and it's all over right there. Right? He makes one man, one woman. So listen, I'm the, regardless of what the world does, I don't care how crazy they get, I will not be moved from the conviction that I know that God's Word says. Amen? And also when He made them, He made them male and female. Right? So I am not going to be moved. Yes, the world may go and do all kinds of things and dress crazy, but understand this. We're going to love them in spite of it because the glory of God is going to change them and turn their lives around. But I'm not going to lose my conviction of what I know to be true, and I'm going to keep practicing what is right. Amen? And by the way, if we're going to stand, I, I said something about this, I think, somewhere on Facebook this week. You know what? If we're going to talk about family values, then we certainly ought to be demonstrating them in our lives. Right? 
Don't tell me that you're all about family values if you don't actually demonstrate it in your life. That means you're going to love your wife as Christ loved the church. That means you ain't going to be sleeping around with some, you ain't going to have a little side piece over there. Y'all don't get, y'all don't get too quiet on me here, right? You don't have something going on on the side. No, my friend, don't tell me you're all about family values, right? And by the way, if we're going to be about family values, that means as a church, then we're going to place emphasis on our kids and our youth ministry and our preschool. Amen. If we're all about, if we're about family values, amen. So you got to obey. You got to keep doing what's right when everybody around you is doing what's wrong. When everybody else is acting crazy, you just keep acting sane. They may say you're a stick in the mud or stuck in the mud or whatever, you know, but I, I just believe the words of Jesus. And he says, narrow is the way that leads to life, right? I, I got to walk right here. This is where I've got to walk because these are the words that will actually lead to life. See, and this is, goes for all, for everybody. If you've been sinning, you just need to stop it. Just look at somebody and say, you just got to stop it. <laughs> it's plain and simple. I can't help myself. Oh, yeah, you can. You can help yourself. I said you can help yourself, right? You can do whatever you want to do. The problem is you've got to want to in there that you need to get delivered of, <laughs> right? So just stop it. Just stop it. Stop doing that. Stop operating that way. Stop functioning in that manner, amen? Now, I know this might not be preached from some of the seeker churches <laughs> in America today, but understand the Bible does not change. The Word of God does not change. Amen? And so you've got to keep obeying regardless of what other people are doing. God's mercy is great, and thank God for it. But that is not an excuse to keep sinning. Ultimately, sin will have a payday. Are y'all hearing me? So you've got to keep on obeying. If you want to see the outpouring, then you've got to walk in obedience. If you want to see the outpouring and you want to experience it, then you've got to walk in obedience. This is what the disciples did. And they received that outpouring on the day of Pentecost. The second thing is persistence. Everybody say persistence. Now, by the way, let me just say this. Whenever I talk, I, I, sometimes I, I'll use some strong language, particularly when it comes to marriage con concerning gender identity and all these other things. Understand, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying we got to live by the conviction of the Word of God right? As a matter of fact, regardless of what somebody's doing, understand this, Jesus still died for them and he wants to set them free. And that's the reason we're here on the earth. We're to be the light in the midst of darkness. We are to be the hand of Jesus reached out to them and bringing them out of the pit of hell. Amen. And I believe, listen, I believe that the Holy Ghost, I believe the gospel is greater than whatever they may be involved in right now. Amen. The second principle is persistence. Jesus said, to wait for the promise of the Father. Wait. That word wait there literally means to continue or to endure. Even when things seem as though they're not working, you got to keep on working it. Even whenever you've been going and going and it doesn't seem like there's any breakthrough, you just got to persist. Because I will tell you, sometimes you'll, continue, you'll do something and you won't see results overnight. How many of you found that to be the truth? You mean, many times you start doing, you do what's right, you do what you know to do, you're doing, following the commands of the Lord, but it doesn't seem like it's working because most of the time it doesn't happen just overnight. You gotta make a decision, I'm gonna be persistent regardless. 
I'm not going to deviate from the path. I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to endure. Many Christians, they forfeit their promise all because they give up. They just give up. See, what, this is what Paul said. Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will what? You will reap if you don't give up. For in due season you will reap if you don't give up. The woman with the issue of blood, she could have very easily given up. She could have very easily said, you know what? There's just too many people in that crowd. I don't think that I'll be able to make it. You know what? They're just thronging Jesus, and he's real popular, and everybody's wanting to get near him. And here I am. I'm just a little woman. I'm bleeding. I don't have any strength. I don't know. You know, there's just no way. But you know what? That woman, she had persistence in her life. There was something on the inside of her that said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be whole. If I just press through, I know I'm going to have to press through some people. You know what? And I might make some people mad whenever I try to push them to the side. They may want to have, you know, touch Jesus, but you know what? There's something on the inside of me that wants this so bad. I'm going to persist, and I'm going to endure, and I'm going to press through. I'm going to press through the opinions of people. I'm going to press through uh, what they like and what they don't like, and I am going to touch Jesus. Amen? you got to be persistent. Amen? Well, she didn't, she didn't give up, and she had a condition, this issue of blood for 12 years, but she persisted, and she received her healing. Listen, many times you've got to persist through hopelessness. When you feel like there's no hope, you got to persist. You got to keep on. When, maybe you're, there's some type of financial lag. You got to persist through it. Maybe there's some kind of weakness that you have. You got to persist through it. You know, uh, if I can use Brother Chuck here, and uh, they've been building a house. And uh, how long have y'all been building that house? A long time. It's in, my, it's in our neighborhood, and I don't, it's been two years. It's been two years. Now, I have to be honest. Can I be just real honest with you? I, I don't know if I had patience to wait for a house to be built for two years. And they're still not in it yet. They're gonna, but we're declaring it in Jesus' name soon and very soon. Hallelujah. They're going to be in it. But I, I, I said all this to say that, you know, I've watched them. They, and it's going to be a very, very nice home. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, it's beautiful, just really beautiful, huh? Yeah, we call it the clubhouse of the neighborhood. It's so it's a real, but anyway, but nonetheless, but you know what? They've had to persist, and I've watched them. They have. They went through a lot of different things. They've got this pond out in the front, and I hope I'm. A, is this okay? If I, I okay, they. I'm sorry if it's not, but anyway, they've got this pond out front. I just did what I tell everybody: don't do. Don't ask somebody permission in front of a crowd. But anyway, um, I have to ask forgiveness later if I miss it. But nonetheless, but but this is the reality. You know, they were building this pond and out in the very front, and it's going to be really nice. I guess they're going to stock it with fish, and uh, it's going to be a place where they can get out and fish, or uh, wit can fish, or somebody can fish out there, praise the Lord. And, um, uh, but anyway, they, they had it all fixed up, and then there was a hard rains, and it ended up washing a, a bunch of it out, and they, they got back. Now, see, I have to tell you how I would be, okay? I've worked and I've worked and I've sweated and I've gotten out there and I put up all these, these, I mean, this is hard work, really hard work. They put up these, I don't even know what they are, but they're, it's wood all the way around it. It's a retaining wall. Is that what it's called? A retaining wall. You know what? And a flood comes and knocks it down. And I would have had the tendency to say, you know what? We don't need a pond. <laughs> Fill it in. I don't want to go through this. 
And I have watched them on that pond at least three or four times. They do, they've done things and I go, he's got more persistence than I have. Because I don't know if I would be able to actually do that. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. Can I tell you some things? Some, when, the best things in life many times you got to be persistent with. And you got to make a decision, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to endure through this. Because right now, you know what? I want to quit. I want to throw in the towel. You ever been working with somebody and you wanted to quit and throw in the towel and throw them out the door at the same time? You ever done that? Yeah. But you know what? You, you persisted and you kept going and you kept working with them. You know what? And they came out on the other side of Jim. Praise God. You see... One of the things that we have to do is we have to be persistent. The next thing is this. you got to continue in prayer. Acts 1.14 says that they continued in prayer. See, the disciples didn't sit around. We're just waiting for the, we're just waiting for it. Hey, let's play, let's play a game of cards. We'll know whenever the Holy Ghost gets poured out. Let, let us play a game of cards right now. Anybody got any Uno cards? No. They continued in prayer. They prayed, amen? They didn't do absolutely nothing while they were waiting. They had some works to go along with their faith. Many people want the Holy Spirit to be poured out in their lives and in their families, but they don't spend five minutes a day in prayer. I'm expecting God to bring home my children. Well, are you praying? Are you interceding over that? Are you following what I say? You, some things you gotta travail in prayer until that gets actually birthed within you. Are y'all hearing me? And so we have to understand, we have to continue in prayer. Prophetic promises are birthed through prayer and through spiritual warfare. I will tell you, whenever, and you've heard the story, I think one of the last times we shared, we shared together and we shared specifically about the testimony of Kayla and of course, Pastor Stacy, she was able to actually share much of that. But you know what, we had to fight daily. We had to pray daily. This wasn't just a one and done situation. It was every day that I was, we were laying, you know, praying together. I was laying my hands on her stomach and I was saying, you will live and not die. You see, you got to persist and continue in prayer. You know, until you see the answer, you continue in prayer. With Josiah, whenever he was born, we were all praying daily. We were there daily whenever he was in the NICU. We were reaching our little fingers and hands into that incubator, and we were prophesying and declaring life over him every single day. We continued daily. Amen? Look at somebody and say, you got to do it daily. Amen? And so you have to continue in prayer. The next principle is this. It says that they were all in one accord. And that principle is this, unity and love. Listen, don't allow the situation to sour you. There's so many believers today that are getting soured over situations that happen. You know what? And if you're not careful, you can get very cynical about things. You can become very depressed. You can come to a place where many times you want to turn on the gas, light a match, goodbye world, goodbye. May I encourage you today that we have to allow the Holy Spirit to override all of that. We have to allow the love of God to overcome every situation. Hear this, if you've got an offense and you're upset with somebody, forgive them and walk on the other side of it, amen? Get rid of your offense. See, unforgiveness and offense can prohibit the Holy Spirit from being poured out in your life in the way that God desires to release it. My friend, it's not worth hanging on to. Release it. Let it go, amen? Look at somebody and say, let it go. 
See, what you forfeit by holding a grudge will cost you much more than what you could ever gain. The devil is the author of division. He is the author of strife. And God is the author of love and of unity. My friend, I've watched so many people, particularly over the last several years, because of differing opinions, separate themselves from other members of the body of Christ. And I will tell you, there were people even within my life that even had some opinions that I just totally did not agree with, positions I did not agree with. And uh, But you know what? I just had to make a decision. I'm going to still continue to walk with them. You know what? I'm going to still love. I'm not going to allow myself to separate. You know what? If if they draw a circle and try to exclude me, I'm going to draw a bigger one and include them. Because, listen, you cannot allow those things that are going on and differing opinions that are not necessarily what I would call, uh, they're not essential in the sense that they're not biblical It's just a matter of a natural opinion about a thing. Don't allow those things to separate you from other members in the body of Christ that God has called you to walk with. Can everybody say amen? You know what? The enemy loves to come in, bring disunity, bring strife, bring discord and all of these things. And you've got to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to walk in the love of God. I understand there's sometimes, you know, two can't walk together if, they're not, if they don't agree. And I understand there are times that you have to part ways. But you know what? So often I've seen believers, they part company with people over some of the most minuscule things. And over they get offended about something very small. They get upset over something that really at the end of the day doesn't amount to a hill of beans. And they get their feelings hurt about something sometimes that there was no, re- no ill intent that was ever meant to cause their feelings to be hurt. And they end up separating themselves, going different ways. And you see it in marriages, you see it in homes. Listen, every single person here this morning, if you're married, I want to encourage you to do this. Stay married. Amen. Just look at your spouse right now and tell them this. Baby, I ain't going anywhere. Come on, tell them. Come on, tell them, baby, I ain't going anywhere. Some of you are reluctant about saying that. You shouldn't be reluctant about saying that. Right? Baby, you, I ain't going anywhere. You ain't going anywhere. You start to go somewhere, I'm going to tackle you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen? You, you, you have to make that. You cannot allow those kind of things to separate you. Amen? The last thing is this. It says that they were all in one place. They were all in one place. They were all in one place. The principle is this. You need to get in church. Now, most of you that are here this morning, you might not be the ones that need to hear it the most. Maybe some of the ones that are not here. (laughs) But you know what? You need to be in the house of the Lord. I always encourage people. I said, you need to be in the house of the Lord as often as you possibly can be. Because I will tell you, in the day and the hour that we're living in right now, you need something to be deposited, to be brought forth in your life. You need encouragement so that you can stand in the evil day. That's what Paul said. He said, we've got to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to just stand in the evil day. Okay? Days are evil. There's all kind of crazy stuff going on. And one important way, an essential way that you keep yourself protected is you gather with other believers, those of like precious faith. 
So you need to get planted and allow God to do a work in your life. Get in the presence of God. Be in the atmosphere where the supernatural power of God is in manifestation. Avail yourself to the teaching and the ministry of the Word. It's wonderful, and I know that we can get it online. I know, as a matter of fact, right now we are streaming this service, and that's great, and thank God we can reach people that can't be here. But understand, God's best is always that we gather together. That has always been God's best. That is what He designed even from the beginning. Amen? There's something that happens whenever you gather together. And I will tell you, one of the things that happened, and i got to bring this to a close, is spiritual reproduction. Spiritual reproduction happens whenever people come together. This, this is just the fact, okay? You know, a man and a woman cannot reproduce on FaceTime. Right? Am I right? You can't reproduce. You can't have babies that way. Okay, you're not going to get pregnant that way. You can, you can talk 24-7 on FaceTime, and there will never be any impregnation. The only way, and you know, the only way that that's going to happen is a man and a woman have to get close to one another. There has, right? You, you can't be attending online. Right? You have to be together. And I'm going to tell you, there's something about it whenever the church begins to come together. There is a spiritual reproduction. There is a spiritual power that begins to release that you cannot find in any other manner and in any other way. You don't receive it in any other manner, in any other way. Something about being face to face. Something about actually seeing each other. Something about actually laying hands on one another and praying for one another. God has designed it to be that way. And what we see in the, uh, them positioning themselves for the outpouring is that they were all in one place. They came together in one place. They weren't scattered. Listen, the devil is the one who always wants to scatter people. God always wants to bring people together. Listen, if you're scattering, you're not doing the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord is bringing people together. Can everybody say amen? This is the reality. You're either a fruitful tree or you're nothing but tumbleweed. You're either a fruitful tree that's planted or you're tumbleweed just going everywhere. My friend, let it not be said that any of us are tumbleweed. But understand this, in positioning ourselves for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we got to get planted. We have to come into one place. God showed up whenever they were in one accord in one place. That's how God begins to move. And that's where his outpouring begins to take place. What's the end result? People get saved. People get healed. And people get delivered. 3,000 people got saved saved on the day of Pentecost. Glory to God. Family revival begins to take place. Your sons and your daughters, they prophesy. Generational blessing begins to come forth. It says that your young men, that they will uh, uh, see visions and your old men will dream dreams. They're sleeping a little bit more. But anyway, the old men are going to dream dreams. There's generational blessing that begins to take place. And it also says this, what Joel said, upon your handmaids and your servants, your, your men servants, I will pour out my spirit. What does that mean? That means there's going to be workplace renewal. That means where people work together, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What the Lord is saying is this. 
This sums everything up. If we'll position ourselves correctly, God will pour out his spirit wherever we're at. If we'll position ourselves correctly, Holy Spirit is wanting to be poured out, but we have to position ourselves correctly. Would you stand to your feet this morning? How many of you say, Pastor, I want to position myself correctly to receive of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Come on, just raise your hand. And say, I want to position myself to receive of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Lord wants to do it. I believe that God wants to pour it out in a mighty way. I believe that he wants to demonstrate his power. I believe that he wants to demonstrate his glory. And right now, our culture, our society, we need it more than ever before. You know, ever before in my lifetime, there's always been things that have been going on. But I will tell you that we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need a mighty revival. We need the wind of God to blow. Because hear this, man cannot solve the problems of the human heart. Only Jesus can do that. I'm going to say it again. Man can't solve the problems of the human heart. And it always goes back to the heart of man. That's where it all goes back to. It doesn't go back to anything other than the condition of the heart of man. And Jesus is the only one that can solve the conditions of a culture. You know what? You might be able to enact a law, but the reality is this. Unless the heart changes, unless the heart changes, the hearts changes, plural, what will happen is Sooner or later, that'll get overturned. The reality is there must be a heart change. There must be a heart change. And hear this, I believe that if we'll begin to embrace the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we'll see a revival like we have never seen. God's already declared it and said it. We've heard it prophesied over and over again, how that His Spirit will be poured out, be poured out throughout this area, throughout this region. Listen, I don't believe that was just some kind of somebody, as they would say, just you know, deciding they were going to prophesy. I believe that's what God is saying. And I believe the Lord is wanting to do it, but we got to position ourselves. Come on, lift your hands right now. I want you to pray this with me. Pray it with me right now. Pray it out loud. In the name of Jesus, today I position myself to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you desire to pour out your Spirit on all flesh, in every arena, in every area of where I live, of where I go. Lord, use me, fill me, and allow me to be a channel that your power, that your glory, that your anointing flows through in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I will live in a state of preparedness. I will live in a state of positioned correctly. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can you give the Lord a praise this morning? Hallelujah. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.